This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Kaspersky Total Security. Kaspersky Labs' award-winning internet security software gives 400 million users the power to protect their banking, browsing, shopping, and socializing from dangerous online threats. Get 50% off Kaspersky Labs' premium software. Go to kaspersky.com and use code PCPER at checkout. everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 407. Yes, being recorded on July 6th, 2016. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malventano. Apparently, a few episodes ago, I said the wrong year. <laughs> really? Somebody pointed <laughs> it out. Like You're nope, back in 2015. Nobody here noticed it, but some commenter made a uh, made a note about it. We don't pay attention to what uh, you well, say. I mean, like the year, a trivial statistic, <laughs> like the year of our Lord that we are in, right? I mean, that's not really that important. Our current orbit of the sun. Right, right. Um, oh, my Fitbit is vibrating. Me sitting here completed my activity for the day. Yeah, a lot of hand waving. A lot of hand waving. I'm a big talker. I'm trying to hit ten thousand steps. What, did you buy the Italian model? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, it is uh, the first full week of July. I hope everybody had a good Fourth of July holiday that celebrates it. Everybody still have all ten of their fingers, Josh. Um. Yeah, you got to do the thumb, the thumb, the thumb trick. Josh has eleven fingers. Yeah. Yeah. He had. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got an extreme kind of. You really are a dad. You know what I'm saying? I amaze my, my one year old daughter with. Ooh, ooh. I got your nose. How does he do it? No, she doesn't understand that what I'm She doesn't do it yet. She's just she like, doesn't. no, give me, give she me really, the. She really doesn't care. It's like, give me the Fruit Loops, Dad. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You forgot about Jeremy's holiday. Uh, Jeremy, yeah. That's right. You had Canada Day. It's true. Oh, Canada. Enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do I you mean, guys uh, shoot off fireworks? As always, just before you guys. Do you guys do fireworks for Canada Day? Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 We're not allowed to buy the ones that take small chunks of earth with them, but... The whole country's not allowed to? Yeah, no, pretty much. Why don't you go to the boonies? Did you, the did you northern provinces. Your, did you well, if you go to the boonies, off. you get to build them yourself with fertilizer, and that's a those, lot more Those fun. are called pipe bombs. <laughs> did you light off your enormous things you bought like from the um, fireworks store? Yeah, I did. Uh, I only bought, I only spent $90, but it was on three fireworks. Yeah, three huge fireworks. <laughs> uh, and one of them was called um, the Ultimate Man Card. <laughs> and I guess, I'm going to be honest with you, of the three, it was probably the weakest. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect. But if you don't like the whole mortar side of things, if you don't know, like there's a difference between a 200 and a 500, and I think it is cc's of gunpowder. Sure. Right? Like um, black powder. And and the the sound is different, is incredibly different, not just in what happens up in the air, but what happens at takeoff. The thump sound of a 200 versus the thump sound of a 500 is dramatically different. It's like a mortar going off Uh, with the 500, right? Well, like, uh, it's just, yeah, kind of, but yeah. it's not a huge explosion at the bottom. Um, although we did have, there was one, we only had one firework mishap, no missing body parts, but uh, I forget what type of firework it was. It was supposed to be one that shot off like 10 things, one, and a, one after another, smaller sure. things. Um, like four went off, and then it blew up on the ground. <laughs> right? And I was like, well, I was glad nobody was standing right there. Um, At least didn't do the the silent delay where you're not sure if it's done yes. or it's not done. Those, it's those like, are the worst. I lit it, 
it didn't go off. <laughs> yeah, just that just sits Damn there. It. Now, how long do I wait? <laughs> I will say for us, like the Fourth of July, it was raining. Spray it with the hose. From, like, so I didn't feel bad. About, I wouldn't feel like we we're going to catch anybody's yards on fire if nothing <laughs> else. So that was that was a plus. Uh, so let's get on to uh, the show here. Uh, we do record on Wednesday nights, seven p.m. Pacific, ten p.m. Eastern, uh, at pcport.com/live. If you need a gentle reminder about when we're recording these magnificent shows, gentle. Gentle. We promise reminder. not to be Very too gentle. Reminder. It's think of it like an old Facebook poke. Whoa, but sexier. But way sexier. Uh, you can go to pcpro.com/slash/subscribe. Uh, find this little form here that asks for your name and your email, and we just send you a notification when we're going to do something. Uh, that could be our podcast every week. Um, so minimum, you'll get one email each week. And then sometimes we do other events, like we had Raja Kadori here from AMD, Radiant Technologies Group, where Pretty we awesome gave interview. away cards, did a great interview, yeah. um, and that notification went out through that list as well. So if you aren't signed up for it, there are, there are over 13.5 thousand people signed up for it now, so you're missing out. You should go sign up for that list immediately. Uh, and also, when, you're, when we're talking about signing up for things, you can go to patreon.com slash pcper. If you think the show that we do, the research we do, the testing, the articles – the thrust mastering that we do is really valuable to you as a consumer. Thrusting. Um, no, I said I was going to say that, but I said thrust mastering on purpose because I went there for way, you. Not an amateur. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> I've been here before. Um, the uh, uh, this is a place where you can go like directly contribute to us. It goes directly to to, to the site, um, and we did cross twenty one hundred dollars last week. Awesome. I want to get to. Still trying to get to three thousand. That was that was the goal for the Josh, um, uh, the mailbag. Yeah. The yeah. mail the mailbag. M A I L. Josh, not mail server bag. I'm out. Uh, Josh's uh, Josh's uh, relationship advice podcast. Right. <laughs> I and mean, dear Josh, and, and also, relationship expert. Yeah, you you clearly are. Yes. Yes. And we probably would answer hardware questions too, but yeah. mostly that, that are also on topic with that. Yes. When we think about it, we're going to be in a church soon. Think of all the other like it's part of our uh, it's it's Community intrinsic give back. Yeah, it's it's yeah. intrinsic to our to our our what we believe that mm-hmm. we offer advice to individuals who come to us um, for information. So, and as usual, of course, if you contribute, if you up your contribution, or if you're a new con- new contributor, I will uh, announce your name on the show. Uh, let's see. David Cortez is a new contributor. Five bucks from him. Thank you very much, David. And actually, Joseph Sandy pledged thirty dollars. What? Right. That kicks Whoa. ass. That is pretty awesome. Already, so we're we're on the right path, everybody. And we thank you very much uh, for your patronage in in that way. Uh, a couple other reminders: this Saturday, July 9th, um, at ten a.m. Eastern time, we have the thirteenth. Uh, I almost said 13th annual. The 13th <laughs> VLAN. Jeremy, what is a VLAN and why should people want to attend it? Well, because there's fun, there's prizes, there's mass murdering all of your friends. What, how could you not want to attend Virtually. a virtual VLAN party? Virtually. So you don't even have to pick anything up and carry it anywhere. It's all virtual. It's really easy. If you're a member of our forums, all you got to do is pop by the thread that's linked there and sign in to let us, uh, Lenny and the gang know that you'll be showing up. If for some reason you're not a member, just pop on over, join up. You do have to contribute a little bit. We're a minimum of five decent posts uh, between now and the Saturday. But hey, as long as you do that, you're qualified to come and show up on Saturday. 
Can that so be waived? <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say quality, Ken. Oh, so, no. Yeah, you are screwed. Pictures of spam are not going to help. Uh, but So it kicks off at 10 a.m., sign into the TeamSpeak server. There's information's linked there as well. Uh, and there are probably 20 or 30 games already being picked from brand new stuff like Overwatch and the Division yep. to Unreal Tournament 2K4 because... Of, of course. Always. Of course. Always. It's uh, going to be great. We play until we drop, so don't worry if you've got <laughs> things to do in the morning. We will still be there, and so will the insane people from overseas who are still playing at like 6 in the morning their time. Any uh, any racing games? I believe I saw Dirt and Project Cars in there. Uh, that'll work then. <laughs> Josh, like, oh, always support okay. Josh is in. Single-minded. In my pursuits, yeah, no, yeah, it's okay. And, and, and you got a wheel is, fetish is the problem. It, it's actually much. it's a really cool event where you know there's Teamspeak servers. Everybody can go in. You got one big community room. You go into separate channels for uh, your individual games. Um, and like like you said, you pop in, pop out. I've got to go run errands for a couple of hours. You come back, and Party's you don't have to gone. leave your house, right? Uh, <laughs> and then one more thing before we jump into our stories. Speaking of land parties, we are going to be at QuakeCon this year. We are doing the workshop on Saturday. I think it's like 11 a.m. at the main stage area. Um, I had to double-check some other things, uh, but it looks like we are definitely going to be there. I don't know. Ken, are you going to come down for that, or what are you going to do? That's, what, beginning of August? Uh, August 4th through the 7th. I think so. Okay. So you can work remotely. Nah, I got uh, vacation time. You got vacation that's, time That's some serious yeah. remote work. Shit. He's going like, nice. to be like yes, 3D My new printing. employer gives me PTO. <laughs> You just got time off here. You just show up whenever you wanted before. Yeah, it's a bit uh, problematic. Ken's going to be in the yeah, back seat with a power converter and a 3D printer, like, yeah. cooking, like, while we're driving. <laughs> we have to rent a minivan to drive down this time, because oh. I don't have the truck anymore. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, that, that'll, be a, that'll be a fun trip. Um, what, everything's not going to fit in the Tesla? Yeah. Actually, you I probably would probably tow a trailer with the Tesla. We could. There you go. I, I, was, I could have, except there's no supercharger pathway oh, yeah, that's to right. Dallas. Yeah. Oh, you, there is, but you have to go like through, through Oklahoma. Yeah, like hmm. and then straight down. It's not ideal. I'm going up to see Sebastian this weekend. I'm debating taking the Tesla up there as well. So that that would be the first extended road trip I'd been on where I have to hit multiple superchargers in route. So is we'll that see. what you're going to do with Sebastian? I'm going to hang out with his wife. Nice. I don't. I don't know. My my wife and his wife set up this this child play date. So. Lucky you. I meant the children are me and, and, and Sebastian. But. It sounds like you I guys have a one-year-old daughter. Some... He's got a seven-month-old child. It's going to be magical. Yeah. It sounds like you guys should play some video games. It sounds like we should go to VLAN. Like, like, the moms go to the zoo with the kids. Yeah. I'm Perfect. sure they would love that. Yeah, I'm sure they're big fans. All right, let's get into uh, shit that happened this week. Um, obviously, the big story is the RX 480 again. Last yeah. week, it was the review of the Radeon RX 480. This week... It is concerns over the power consumption of the RX 480. So um, this is we're kind of at the tail end of this dilemma, technically Hopefully. as we as we as we record this. So I don't know how much I want to dive into what has happened over the last week. Um, we have a, a story on the website that came out on June 30th, titled "Power Consumption Concerns in the RX 480," um, and we've had a couple of updates since then. We basically the basic summation of this is that the um, power draw of the RX 480 turned out to be higher than 150 watts in some cases, sometimes dramatically higher than 150 watts, 
Um, like, for example, in uh, Metro, last light at 4K, power consumption was actually hitting like 165 watts. You're talking about stock continuous. settings. Yeah, yeah, at stock yeah. settings, not overclocked and settings. Why is that a problem? Um, well, first of all, it's card is rated 150 watt TDP. So just you're 15 watts over what you're rated at. Not, not, not a super concern on its own um, for consumers who have – Big computer cases, and you've got fans in them, and whatever. And, and the fan on the on the graphics card is gonna is gonna keep the GPU at ADC or whatever you, you set your target temperature at. Yeah. So not a not a not a huge deal there. The problem was that it was drawing more power than rated through the PCI Express bus mm-hmm. through the PCI Express slot on your motherboard, um, and it was kind of a dramatic amount. More, especially when we went into overclock settings. So I mean, and this happened at Metro Last Light 4K, but it also happened at 1080p on Rise of the Tomb Raider, 1080p on uh, The Witcher 3, for example, right? Where uh, if you look at this graphic, you'll actually see like power consumption. Um, you know, let's see, this this top orange line is like 160. So you're hitting above 160 several times at 1080p. But if you look here, um, you're actually spiking over 75 watts uh, on the white line, which is your uh, motherboard 12-volt power, right? Now, what you might have heard is that the... Uh, well, that's okay. You can hit 75 watts on the motherboard slot anyway, so that's kind of – it's total. pretty close. But it, that's total. It also counts for this line down here, this red line, which is uh, 3.3 volt power. Yep. Right? So uh, that's usually yeah, close to 10 watts or so, mm-hmm. 3 amps at 3.5 or 3.3 volts. So you're talking about 10 watts. So you're actually pulling 85 to 90 watts through that in some instances like at stock total. settings. Yeah. Total. Yep. Um and you know, because the because the, the true limit for the slot is five point five amps, based for at twelve volts. Twelve volts is five point five amps. Yeah, yeah. And, and which works out to like what sixty six or something. Sixty six watts. Yeah, is, is technically what twelve volt power should be. Mm-hmm. And we were drawing seventy five watts, overclocked eighty five to ninety five watts. Yeah. through it, a, a dramatic thing over that, right? And um, the the problem, of course, or not, maybe not of course, is that this risks your components to some degree, right? Whether um, – like see here, here's uh, the Radeon RX 480OC. Uh, so this is just in Witcher 3 at 1080p. You can see we're, we're actually getting close to 200 watts. We're hitting above 195 watts fairly often yeah. in this in terms of total power. Is that overclocked? This is overclocked. Okay. It looks like it's hunting an awful it lot more. It is. It is. And then in the white, we're, we're, we're pushing 90 to 95, over 95 watts. Just through 12 volt yeah. through that, right? So then you're adding in your 3 volt down there at the bottom, close to 10 watts, and you're running more than 100 watts through uh, a thing that's run it rated at 75. Now, in theory, motherboard overcurrent protection should save your hardware. It should just shut down the machine immediately. Uh, and there were some reviewers that talked about seeing some of this. I never saw any there of it directly. There was one guy, at least on YouTube, that had it happen to him like on He was building a low-cost system yeah. and – when running benchmarks on it, it would shut down. Yep. Not blue screen, not nope, you just know, no more just power. power off, right? Yep. And that is the motherboard saying, I have, I have a current issue, turn off everything immediately because you don't want it to catch on fire and kill everybody, which, which is a good, it's a good safety measure to have. Now, the problem is you as a consumer don't want to depend on that. And AMD shouldn't want to depend on that to save your customer's hardware, right? right? So, um, the, the the problem is that they're drawing too much power through it. Now, 
since all this has come out, since we talked about it, and again, I'm going to probably just leave it at that and say, read the story, watch the video that we posted on YouTube where Alan and I talk about it for an and extensive it, amount of time. Yeah, like an Longer hour. than the 29 minutes of the recording that we can do on our camera in one <laughs> take, as it turns out, uh, where you had to re-record the last six minutes. <laughs> Thanks, EU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that AMD is, has now admit, admitted that it is a problem. Mm-hmm. They're working on a fix. Uh, it was spo- it will supposed to be due out tomorrow as we record this. Like the 48-hour window will end tomorrow night um, where they, they said they would they would have it. Um, and it's really going to be interesting to, tr- to see what the fix is. Um, I think what – a couple of things that would make sense. The, the most ideal fix, replace the 6-pin power connector with an 8-pin power connector. Oh, I guess. Could they just come around to everybody's house, swap it out? But you also have to tell <laughs> you also have to tell the chip that controls all that stuff to d- pull more from it. Correct. Right. The, the issue is that it was drawing equal power essentially from the six pin connector and the motherboard twelve volt yep. line. Where in most other graphics cards that we've ever seen, that is not the case. Whether or not you have a six pin or an eight pin yep. or whatever, the motherboard is kind of fifty watts or so or below. And it just hangs out at that whatever that and number it's is. Very static. It doesn't really vary with different load on the GPU or anything like that. Right. You know, it just kinda sits there. Whereas this one, they were both just tracking basically equal and yep. and, and, and this, up- this is an example of what that is. So this this graph right here, Ken, if we can bring it up, is the R9 380 1080p. And this line down here shows uh, the white line at the bottom is Motherboard 12-volt power, and it's about 50 to 55 watts. Yep. This green line is power through an 8-pin power connector. Uh-huh. So it's significantly higher than 75, but it's not an issue. Uh, and then the yellow line is total. So even though we're talking about 160 to 165 watts, very similar to where we're at with yeah, similar the RX total. 480 yeah. in terms of total, it, it is doing it differently. It's drawing 100 to 110 watts through the uh, cable, the 8-pin connector. And then 50 to 55 watts through the motherboard itself, yep. which seems more in line with what we've seen on other AMD cards and other NVIDIA cards for that matter, right? So, so if they had just stuck with that exact setup, yeah. like literally those components, that configuration, yep. like it, this, this wouldn't even be a thing right now. Correct. They yeah. didn't. They but went they with didn't. a 6-pin, which a 6-pin is technically rated at 75. Again, w- watch the video, read the article about yeah. why it's not as big a deal if yeah. that goes over. Yep. Um, and the motherboard is right at 75. So like 150-watt TDP, they, they, they went right up to the top of it with the TDP of their card. The GTX um, – can I – no, I can't. I didn't, no. I didn't mention that. We're not talking about that part yet. Um, other cards will maybe have lower TDPs <laughs> with a single six-pin connector, right? Um, I mean all the leaks are out there or whatever that show that. And if you do that, you give yourself a little wiggle room uh, above or below the product. So – um, read the article. It's very interesting. I, it, we'll have uh, an answer tomorrow in the form of a new driver, uh, and we'll have to see what it fixes, I guess. Um, Jeremy, I don't know. It, there, there's nothing else. That, so Scott posted a story about AMD's update where they basically said we're going to uh, adjust the uh, the power Deviation, I get, or the power distribution. Yeah, they're across. they don't spell it out how they're going to do it. It's just okay. they're going to address it. Okay. And we know the name of the driver. It's uh, what sixteen point seven one. Well, there's there's been what's the guy's name on the uh, that? We know the same stuff we did earlier in the week. True. What's, I don't know. There was uh, there was a, a user on I can't remember his name now. 
who I don't remember his name on the floor. The something. Something started with an S. Damn it. Slicks. Stupid salesman. Strix. I'll look him up. But basically, someone on overclock.net had enough knowledge to be able to send uh, I2C commands to the controller on the 480. I2C being what? It's it's a two-wire serial protocol. Yeah. Okay. It's, It's a serial bus that... It goes across all the different components on uh, on any PCB. Like a motherboard will do the same thing, right? And that's how you your motherboard changes can like that's how you can turn off like the um, different parts of your motherboard. Like there's actually I two C commands going to those okay. other things, telling them to turn off, right? Yeah. Well, apparently the uh, VRM controller on this is flexible enough where you can like reprogram it on the fly. You can send it those commands, which is something that AMD could have just done from in the first place. Apparently, since We've now seen a guy do it. like The stilt. The stilt, yes. Yeah. Just random guy on forum versus AMD. I wonder if he's maybe not a random guy. Well, he works at a company that works with those components, but not for GPUs. Yeah. Right. There are lots of people. Like, the BIOS modding is a thing. That community is a thing. Basically, they figured out that, hey, we can actually change how the power distribution is we assume that's what amd is going to do we'll see how that all that all pans yeah. out uh, oh, yeah. relatively also quick. before everyone on the internet yells at alan it's i squared c not i squared c yeah Sorry, people I'm get very, I've been saying people get very oh, okay. very uppity about that one i squared like it's, it's, like, it's, it's a of course they do oh most people don't type it that way because okay. you know uh, typing uh 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 Superscript two is a pain. Yeah, in the that's not a thing you want to do. No, and it also screws up all the lines and the <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's, it turns out HTML is not built uh, built I'm, for that. I'm probably going to read read into that some more. Like not for this card specifically, but that I that I squared C thing. It's a like, very easy protocol, which is why it, it's used in stuff like yeah. this. It's easy and cheap. The the new scope I bought can actually decode I squared C. Yeah, and like show it to you. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. just like monitor it and cool. watch the codes going by. It's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and and we actually played around with that driver. You you tested a little bit. It seemed to do what it was what the goal was, draw more power from six pin than it was from the motherboard, right? Yeah. It, the the question is now to what degree uh, will you be doing it? So, um, so that's the RX four eighty power issue. More on that to come next week, I guess, when we talk to you again. Uh, let's move on uh, quickly. Quickly run some through some of these other things. Samsung updated the eight forty. Yeah, Ken, are you excited? No. Ken, you're the only one I knew that had an your, Doesn't your dad, like, have, have it's one? It's in my dad's know? laptop, but, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> like, when did the 840 come out? Um, May of 2013, apparently. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, about three years ago. It was, it, was, um, it was technically more than three years ago now that it launched. And so people that bought it right away, they're out of warranty. Because it was only a three-year warranty. <laughs> uh, so apply this firmware to your out-of-warranty drive. Well, I, okay, so I, I risked bricking one that we had here that had a bunch of old data on it. Yeah, it's and, meaningless um, to you, though. You know, and I put the update on it because I wanted to see if it, you know, if it sped up. And I did the same kind of stuff to it that I did to the 840 Evo when those updates were coming out. Right. Um, and... I think I kind of inadvertently discovered the reason that Samsung might have not been so quick to fix this one, and it's that I did some repeated uh, read passes of the drive, read only, not doing any writing, and writing is what resets the issue on the 840 Evo. I was just doing read only to see what the speed looked like. Happened to do a second pass to it because I just like I wasn't sure if I had what I needed from the first one, so I just redid it, and it sped up. Like the second pass read faster, and I was like, 
well, that's kind of weird. So I did it a third time. Third pass. Read even faster than that. It kind of leveled off at like 450 megs per second. Should have went higher. But it did level off at a relatively high speed where it was, okay. st- it was going as low as 50 meg per second on like the first pass. So it was kind of fixing itself just from natural reading. So whatever mechanism was already in the, eight, the base 840 was already kind of fixing the issue if you had it. Uh, you know, unless you just had it out of your system, sat on a shelf for four months, put it in your, put it back in, and just tried to read everything front to back. That's when you would see it slow, but it wouldn't be slow the next time. Hmm. Not that slow, right? right? But to see if there was maybe some other tweaks done, I applied the firmware anyway, even after it had been kind of leveled off to its new higher speed, right? Uh, and once again, saw yet more of a speed gain, um, which shows that you know I can't prove it, but if the drive was going really slow, then chances are if you just did this patch to it, you would never see this low speed even on the first gotcha. pass. It'd probably just fix the issue, right? Um, and it also does add the option for advanced performance optimization if you want to do it, which does like the same thing as uh, uh, Overclock Forum guys will recognize an app called DiskFresh, and anybody else dealing with the 840 Evo issue will recognize that app. And somebody just wrote an app that just rewrites every file on the drive mm-hmm. so that everything is like yeah. cleanly written yep. um, except the Samsung version does it in the background the OS doesn't have like once the once it triggers it to start it's all handled in the firmware of the drive so gotcha. it's not like an application dependent kind of thing it'll just do it in the background and and um, <laughs> which is handy because yeah. then you're sequentially rewriting everything on the drive which would actually get rid of even uh, like fragmentation in the flash right because flash will naturally fragment a little bit over time Usually that means your read slow down a little bit. This will wipe that out, making it theoretically even faster than like any other, you know, TLC drive that didn't have that optimization feature. So they went from it might be kind of bad to now it could potentially be faster than everybody else. Just almost four years. After it just the took them a really launch. long time, and it's it's not for lack of trying. For no damn reason. Like we were we were saying, hey, there's people telling us that their 840 is doing the same thing. Like back. <laughs> But over a year ago, when the 840 Evo issue came out, yeah, and they just the kind of went was like, one of them. They, they had one intern working on it every summer since the 840 launch. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. He yeah. finally got it done this year. Okay, well, you know, good job to that intern. They need to put him on the payroll. Uh, um, uh, oh, uh, I did have two more Patreon contributions already. Listen to this, guys. Uh, Mark pledged ten dollars. Ooh. Thank you very much. Listen to this one. Cyclops pledged fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Cyclops, Cyclops interacts. Cyclops interrupts interacts with us a lot. Like even on overclock forum, he interacts with me. I don't think any of us are worth fifty dollars, but I greatly appreciate the contribution. But we know that. (laughs) Uh, I also want to say I was checking in on our Twitch stream to make sure it was up and running, and um, Twitch recommends two channels for me: Nvidia playing Terraria and Bud Light playing halo 5 guardians oh, which God. i just thought uh interesting combination there i guess <sighs> the video games and drink son new okay. media i know bud light playing halo 5 uh let's move on to the next story sebastian posted a review uh aforementioned at the beginning of the show sebastian posted a review of the lenovo thinkpad x1 yoga which is a two-in-one notebook two-in-one slash convertible look at that picture look how good that photo is this guy knows how to take his pictures. I don't see any IKEA furniture. But it's just floating in space. That's true. It's just floating true. in space. They're so small children. Yeah. Very light laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it does that. So the X1 Yoga is a uh, 
Is this Ken, is this the first yoga ThinkPad? No. There was the ThinkPad Yoga. Which okay. I don't think this was this is the first X1. Yeah. But the ThinkPad Yoga was a pretty bulky business product. It was kind of like a T series with okay. the yoga essentially, but this is like the X1, the flagship, yeah. the cool, the sexy sort of thing. And speaking of sexy, it does yoga. Yeah. So it uh, does the what are the, it doesn't wear the pants. Uh, it definitely shows off its butt with the yoga pants. It's a downward facing dog, I think. Yeah, that's what this mm-hmm. one is for sure. Um, that, so I guess that makes the butt at the top there, the hinge. Oh, yeah. S- sorry, Josh. It's not as good as you were expecting. Why do you think you're hinged? <laughs> <laughs> but I only flex one direction, right, uh, at, at my waist level, so especially at this age. Um, so this is obviously the yoga devices are the ones that can go into tent mode, stand mode. Um, traditional cl- uh, clamshell mode. Josh is having too much fun with you. I right know now. he is. I started. Right. It's my fault. Um, the hinges here are a little bit more robust in the in the ThinkPad yeah. line of yogas than in the well n- used to be yeah, IdeaPad. Yeah. Now it's just Yoga Brand yeah. devices. Uh, and the specification wise, this is uh, I don't know like every Intel based Ultrabook that has existed on the Skylake platform: Core i5, 6200U, eight gigs of memory. And it's a 14 inch 1080p, 1080p IPS touchscreen with an active pen digitizer, etc. 256k SSD. Um, it does have Mini DisplayPort, HDMI, three USB three, micro SD, and an audio combo jack. And and having used a device like the Huawei MateBook, right? All that connectivity kind of just immediately is like, oh yeah, no, I see a big benefit yeah, to oh, have ports. all of that. I can yeah. actually and plug stuff into this stupid thing. mini HDMI is gone. Yes, it's yeah. all it is. It's a full yeah, HDMI. Full what? HDMI. Yeah. Oh, right there. I'm so happy. It, it, they listened. Mini, it is mini DP. You though, and everyone but, else. Yeah. Mini so, DP is I'll take, great. I'll take mini DP. Yeah, mini DP is good. Fine. Uh, but you would want if you can have HDMI as well, then all the better. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Um, it's got a fingerprint reader on it. Uh, build quality is 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 pretty good as as I think you would expect from a ThinkPad. I still really like these keyboards. Uh, lightweight carbon magnesium material, matte finish. Again, it's a ThinkPad, right? So it's uh, it's going to look and feel like a ThinkPad. Obviously, the the yoga ness of it changes the visual design styling a little bit, right? So it, it's it's maybe not as sleek and sexy as a normal X One. Um, because you have to take into account the the hardware required for the rotation, um, but it, it it does work pretty well. I, I I'm a big fan of the keyboards here. It looks like uh, uh, Sebastian was as well. Um, touchpad surface is smooth glass. Feels good <clears throat> under fingertip, right, Josh? Yes. Yes. Uh, nice display. It is 1080p, but I mean, look at that color reproduction. That is not photo. That is not uh, photoshopped after the fact. Uh, really? I'm pretty sure that's photoshopped. Well, it's not. Um, <laughs> screen images are not simulated. Oh, how's that? It's an actual picture of the screen. Yeah, and you can see the viewing angles. Oh, here. okay. Because he's going for viewing angles. Yeah. Okay. Man, that looked like Ooh. really damn good straight on, though. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even that the oil one. Yeah, that's a regular. That's an IPS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Damn. Yep. There's your digitizer. Uh, I do like the fact that it just slides into the uh, oh, system. Yeah. yeah. This is the one with the Can you the only pen. slide it in in tent mode? That makes no. it into a, you, that makes it into a tripod. Newspaper or it, magazine to It cover doesn't make it easier or more difficult mode? depending on what what uh, yoga position you are yeah, in. It's tripod mode. Oh, this thing's really flexible. It'll slide in into any position. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, yes, Ken, this is the one I think you're going to say that's like with the super, super cap. cap. 
Yeah. Right. So 15 seconds uh, is all Josh needs. (laughs) (laughs) To charge his thing. Full of charge, baby. Full of charge. 15 seconds is all Josh needs, and then he gets 100 minutes of downtime. Or I use see. time if you're the I see. ThinkPad. I see. Has to wait 100 minutes pad. between before he plugs it back in. Yeah, performance is yep. exactly where you would expect it to be for a uh, piece of hardware that is basically identical to other pieces of hardware. Battery life, um, <laughs> just the, over seven hours. The world's most uninteresting charts is the performance on these ultrabooks. Yeah, the ultrabook yeah. performance stuff is is not exciting. Battery life is interesting. Yeah, um, not quite as good as the XPS 13, but but pretty pretty high up there. Better than the Yoga 3 Pro, Yoga 2 Pro. Do we know what the capacity difference is? Um, battery capacity. Let's see if Sebastian I don't think he has it listed. He does not have it listed here. They're but probably pretty close. He's in the chat. It'll be in there. I, I'd be curious what the XPS. I would I would assume that the ThinkPad Yoga X1 has a smaller battery than the XPS 13 because the yeah. XPS 13 tested was with Broadwell, not Skylake. True. Um, and it gets about an hour more, but you know that depends on screens and all kinds of stuff, yeah. As well, so it did get a PC Perspective Gold Award. I believe thirteen hundred bucks is the price. The base model is ten ninety nine, uh, but I think the one that uh, uh, no, the base model X One Yoga carries MSRP of fifteen forty nine, although you can find it for about two hundred bucks mm. less. The non uh, carbon ThinkPad Yoga line uh, starts at ten ninety nine. So it's oh, still so not they, cheap. They, they still have the regular ThinkPad yogas around. Say again. They still have the regular ThinkPad yogas around. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the the X one's usually way too expensive in my opinion. This seems like it's getting back to uh, it, it's a reasonable spot. Yeah. The ThinkPads were always the ThinkPads are a little bit more than most machines in my experience. They are worth it in my opinion in most experience, especially if you if 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 the notebook is your workhorse. Yeah, they get beat up a lot. I love telling the story about me dropping mine, like not just dropping it, literally throwing it from my backpack to the concrete of my driveway, and having it put a crack in the magnesium on that corner. But everything still worked, right? You it's know, got that roll cage. That's right. Uh, <laughs> everything was functional. So if you're looking for a a notebook and you like the idea of a, of a convertible with a, with an active digitizer as well, yeah. Right. If you want to do handwritten notes and stuff, um, we can do that. As well, so that's the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Yoga review. Thank you very much, Sebastian. I guess. Um, okay, now before we get to Josh and the thrust mastering, uh, we do have to um, thank today's podcast sponsor. It is a return of the one I mispronounce, not Kaspersky. No, Cass. Kaspersky. Yeah, there's the first Kaspersky S. Lab. Um, so this is they're they're here to talk about. Total Security Software. That's the name of the software. It's Kaspersky Lab Total Security. Uh, they are uh, Kaspersky Lab is known as the people that protect you from the threats of cybercrime. Cybercrime, not even. Um, they've participated in more independent tests, won more awards, placed first more times than any other internet security company. They have been around for quite a long time mm-hmm. as well. I remember uh, many, many, many years ago when AV software was kind of a different beast than it is today. Wondering about a company like Kaspersky and would they even be around in, in the future or whatever. Clearly, they have exceeded any expectations of that. And as we've talked about before, they are one of the fastest to kind of uh, implement these types of uh, AV fingerprint changes and stuff. 400 million users around the globe trust Kaspersky Lab to protect their banking, their browsing, their shopping. Uh, Josh is socializing from dangerous 
online threats. Kaspersky Lab is providing a special offer for listeners of us for 50% off the premium software. That is Kaspersky Total Security. Gives you online protection when you're on your PC, phone, or tablet to protect your banking and browsing and shopping. Uh, If you go to Kaspersky.com, that's K-A-S-P-E-R-S-K-Y.com, use the code PCPER at checkout, and they will give you 50% off their total security software. And if you're not running anything except Microsoft, uh, what the hell is that? Defender? Defender? That is not no. a thing anymore. No. Well, they renamed it to Defender. Security I can't, can't remember Defender. Defender. Yeah. They keep going back and forth on the name. I thought Security Essentials was dead. But yeah, if you're only running something like that, I, I think you will see a significant benefit from running uh, a third a third party option like this. So uh, Kaspersky.com, use code PCPER at checkout, gets you 50% off of Kaspersky Total Security, and we thank them for their support of uh, PC Perspective. So there you go. Now, let's talk about Josh and his thrust mastering. What yes. are we looking at, Josh? Are we allowed to show that on TV? Oh, this yeah. is the internet. We can show it. Let's pull it out and let's see. see. Let's see if YouTube pulls us. I dare them. <laughs> Let me no. pull it out. They, they have recognition for how much skin you show, and it'll just be all white. So they probably, <laughs> they probably detect that. Ooh. Uh, so anyway. Black and velvety. It's so, it's so it, plushy. It is. So what, what is it's, it, Josh? Tell, okay, tell the so, people what we're looking You know what? At. I've, I've been into bracing for a while. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it. I've actually done a few reviews. You have. And uh, this is kind of the first accoutrement accessory that I have reviewed. It's the Thrustmaster 599XX Givo Alcantara Edition rim or wheel, whichever you want to call it. Basically, it is a standalone product that is just a rim. Uh if you know that Thrustmaster has two kind of mid-range parts, the TX and the T300 servo bases, and you can, you know, customize them a bit by adding your own wheel. You can, the, there's, there's three different versions of pedals that you can use, and, uh, but the wheels are kind of the more interesting part. They have the regular ones, like uh, the TX comes with the Ferrari F458 uh, plastic wheel. It's lightweight, small thing. Um, the T300 setup comes with a you know a, a two pedal system and a uh, kind of a rubberized plastic GT wheel. It's about the same size as, as this one, but they decided to do something a little different, uh, something a little bit higher end. Now this is a hundred seventy nine dollar product. Right. And you think, wow, that's that's, that's quite a bit for, for just a wheel. But if you look online for like, you know, actual racing wheels, Momo wheels, whatever, they're they're stinking pricey. And this gives you much the same feeling and uh experience as those, you know, true racing wheels for a much smaller price. One seventy nine uh gets you essentially what is, you know, a metal, nice two millimeter uh aluminum, brushed aluminum middle part, uh, steel rim, polyurethane coating in there, uh, well, molding, and then it's covered with Alcantara. Now, can you tell me what Alcantara is? Microsuede. It is a fabric that located in some parts of my car. Yes. You know, when I, when I first right heard here. of Alcantara, I thought it was a, a specialty leather that came from Italy, and I was half right. It does come from it'll Corinth, <laughs> fine Corinthian Alcantara. Fine, fine Corinthian leather. 
that uh, uh, yeah, it's it's great stuff. No, I mean um, back in the seventies, early seventies, uh, Japanese company oh, Ultra Suede. No, Ultra Suede. Uh, yeah, that so is not Nagahide. Uh, <laughs> Ultra Suede is definitely not. But anyway, uh, it turned out to be a pretty good material in terms of durability, in terms of feel. Uh, the construction is is you know it, it just doesn't wear very much. And so it, it, it turned into a, a good fabric for a lot of automotive stuff. But this group in Italy decided to uh, go ahead and uh, sublicense the stuff. But because it was made in Italy, it was the only one that could be branded Alcantara. So whenever you hear Alcantara, you know it is ultra suede produced only in Italy. Only the finest microfibers <laughs> are produced in Italy, and woven and so, in factories in China. It, yes, no, it's 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 <laughs> if if they if they make it any place else, it cannot be branded Alcantara. Okay, all right. What yeah, if they was, ship it, it to a, Italy and it was, put a label? It was on a it. PR coup when they, they the, came out with this agreement because huh. it shot up in automotive industry like nobody's business once once they did that. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, you know, it's hand stitched on. It's got a little leather red ring for uh, you know when uh, to tell you what the position of the wheel is. The uh, the paddles are of course metal. Uh, they've got a good click. There's something like the the servo units in there can do something like 10 million clicks before they fail, which is far more racing than Sounds I do. Like Multiple buttons, D pads, and you think, well, 179 dollars is a lot to pay, and it kind of is. But once you actually kind of race with it, it doesn't seem so bad because there's less fatigue in your hands. Uh, you know, it's it's nice and warm to the touch, but it never gets hot. It doesn't get sweaty. It wicks away the sweat nicely. So extended racing periods, you don't lose grip. You don't lose feeling in your hands. <laughs> That's stuff good. like that. Yeah. Usual things that happen when you're you know when you're on seven hours of your twenty four hours of Le Mans right. virtual racing. And uh, Which we're what's do nice about this is it's pretty light. Now, if we think about physics, the lighter and smaller the wheel is, the more efficiently the motor will give the force feedback energy to your hands. And so if you've got a bigger wheel that weighs a lot, that energy is going to be dampened because you've got more mass and more leverage with your hands you know they're farther farther out in the, in the wheel, mm-hmm. and so this is a nice combination of it's pretty lightweight. It's still got a very rigid structure. It's aluminum in the middle. It's a steel rim around inside the polyurethane. The polyurethane's still pretty, you know, it's not squishy, but it's 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 nice and firm. And uh, of course, the Alcantara actually adds to that, so you get really good vibration feedback. And uh, forces from this that that do not – well, when I go over to the Fanatec review, which has a bigger wheel, it's got a ton more mass. And when you compare and contrast the forces that come through a T300 base versus what is on their Club Sport V2, it's kind of night and day because hmm. Thrustmaster has paid more attention to the weight and certainly – the downside of that is is they use a lot more molded plastic parts rather than the machined aluminum that, that Fanatec often uses. And so, yeah, it's lighter weight. It has a little bit better sensitivity. Well, actually quite a bit better. But you have plastic parts. 
And if you switch them in and out of these, you could potentially wear them a lot more than, of course, the, the metal parts. And plus, looking at the Fanatec quick-release mechanism, it just is is a beautiful piece of machine metal that uh, you understand why they cost the way they do. But this is a good combination, a good compromise of, of materials, weight, size that you know can you can fit on the TX, the T300, and the T500 wheelbases, and it's going to work great. And that it has really enhanced kind of the feeling and the comfort of longer term racing. Other than you know like hey, I'm going to race for ten minutes, that's not a big deal. But if you know if you're doing one to two hours, it makes a huge difference. I mean the tactile feel. Uh, sweat reduction, your hands don't come away all black from kind of the rubberized plastic that the products have. These are all nice things. So cool. I think 179 bucks is a reasonable price to pay. It's not for everyone, but if you are serious about your racing and you really enjoy that kind of stuff, then this is a nice upgrade if you have the Thrustmaster TX, T300, and T500 products. I'll take your word for it. I don't, so I'll I'll believe you. Just rip your racing wheel or your steering wheel off your car. That's <laughs> yeah. wrapped in Alcantara. <laughs> Be perfect. Mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll just replace my steering wheel with this yeah. one yeah. in my Exploder. There you go. Yeah. Done and done. Uh, before we get into our final review review of the week, apparently it was a busy week, uh, we have a couple more Patreon updates to talk about James Fleming, a fantastic uh, supporter of ours already, up to their pledge from fifty to fifty four eighty. All I, right, I guess in support of the uh, RX four eighty. Thank you very much, James. Uh, Robust twenty two pledge three ninety nine, and Hansel C added their pledge from five dollars to nine ninety nine. Josh, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Josh, nine ninety nine. Okay, thank there. you. That's what he was. You know, that's what they did it for. We got to give them what they want. Got it. Smoky dance. The Macron 9100 Max. Max, all capitals. Oh, there's uh, one. This is a 2.4 terabyte U.2. I believe this is the second U.2 device that has ever existed in the world. <laughs> no, there's other ones, but Bullshit. that we've tested. Uh, Enterprise SSD, not a consumer drive. Don't. Don't get excited about don't buying buy, this. Don't buy it. It's it's actually kind of getting low enough in cost to where you could, but... Ten cents a gig? No, it's like a buck a gig. That's ten times more than ten cents a gig. So here's what's funny, though. It's a dollar... I think I think it's, uh, what is it, like a dollar twenty cents a gig or something like that per gig yeah. for that. But you have to realize that's the Max series, which is over-provisioned so far that that 2.4 terabyte drive actually has four terabytes of flash in it. What?! Yeah, so that's four terabytes. Can I mod the V BIOS? No, <laughs> no. The, no. The victory BIOS, he means not no. the video BIOS. There, there the is a BIOS. pro version of that yeah. that has the same amount of flash, but it's three point two terabytes, so over provision to less. Okay. What's the price right. difference? Uh, those are actually cheaper. Those are a dollar ten cents a gig, but I think yeah. the price ends yeah. up being roughly the same because you're paying for the total flash that's in the thing, yeah. right? Um, it's just provisioned differently, and it gives you different performance. So the max version, which is provisioned less, like less capacity, but you get pretty insane specs. Uh, so, so you can the, see two point four terabyte is rated at three gigabytes per second writes no reads, yep. two gigabytes per second writes, uh-huh. so which we've seen three before. By two, we've yeah. seen that kind of stuff in enterprise drives before. Look at the IOPS for two point four terabytes. Uh, two point four terabytes is rated at seven hundred fifty thousand IOPS. 
uh, read, and 300,000 write. So it's three-quarters of a million IOPS from one thing. Okay. Yeah. It's fancy looking. Uh, we got read-write latencies in here, power consumption up to 27 watts. Yes. So uh, it does look like a heatsink. It does look like a heatsink, but you have to realize that's U.2. So those those devices, just like what the competing devices in this review, which is the P3700, mm-hmm. uh, came in a U.2 form factor, which is that little box, and it also came in a half height, half length, um, which is like oh, a, kind does. of like okay. yeah. Okay. So so this does the same thing. Physical connection is different. The electrical interface is identical. Yeah, the interface is identical. The stuff in the box is identical. Okay. It's just they it's just, just kind of rearranged and they just wrapped it up like this. Yeah, they did like some origami to kind of cram a, a regular PCI card into that little. Are those like little pancakes look like little. Pancakes? Uh, no, it's not pancake crepes. batter. Crepes, exactly. Yeah, they just put crepes in there. That's what makes it all work. Hmm. Um, Finally, some technology I can find myself get behind. That's so a lot of flash chips. There is a bunch yeah. of flash in this thing. There is uh, there four terabytes worth. Thir- apparently. Well, four terabytes worth. It's spread across thirty-two packages that somehow finished. Somehow they fit thirty-two packages onto, you know, both sides of both of those what kind PCBs. Of extra space does it have on the, in that? What do you mean? As in non, uh, you know, the the does non- it have use? air? What does it have? Like a bunch of air oh, space? That's oh. what you're talking about? No, no. What the hell is that? Uh, Over provisioning. Over provisioning. Yeah, the thing he literally just talked about. Yeah, I thought you just talked about that. Four terabytes yeah. but for a two point four terabyte drive. Two, yeah, two point four is usable. Uh, One point six is excess. That's crazy. Wow. It's just it's not, not throwing it away. It's technically still in use. I know. It's Shopped just, it off and getting the IOs across SSD. more. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry yeah. I wasn't paying attention, Alan, but yeah. you know what? That seemed like an important point to go back over again because obviously I missed it as well. <laughs> it is. It is clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, their their spec sheet did make it kind of confusing when you look at it because their their products as you go up in capacity they're alternating between pro and max. Hmm. So it actually goes pro max pro max pro like and the specs kind of go meaning maximum provisioning. Max is like the max performance. Okay. Like and it's and it's also, all caps. It's also yeah every, the pro and the max is all caps oh, on the, on their product <laughs> naming. Um, controller interesting at all like what's that is the same PMC which is now micro semi because they bought PMC that controller is like in basically everything like Samsung's uh, enterprise part that's like a you know similar kind of a product that they haven't sampled us for review but like same controller different firmware like that that controller is just known for being kind of everywhere in enterprise parts okay but they yeah, are but Alan who, what? who makes the controller on that's what it's called right the controller. <laughs> Gonna kill Josh now. Um, <laughs> what does it do? Does it talk does it do? to does the it flashes? Talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is How much PCIe flash is it based? actually talking to? Does it have a small width? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so let me ask this. Is it a SATA connector? Does SATA? it pull more than 10 watts? It's a SATA is it over the spec? Yeah, it's doing, it's doing, it's doing <laughs> it three gig. Spec? It's doing three gig per second over the SATA connector. Um... All right, so we might as well just get into the new stuff in this review. Everything on that page is kind of a, a rewrite from prior Enterprise stuff. You want to go to the next one. That's the meat and potatoes. Or okay. at least that's the, far, the first part of the meat and potatoes. So for Enterprise testing, here's what we're doing now. First of all, we got rid of the file server and the web server workloads. Okay. Because as it turns out, uh, they do like up to almost half of their IOs at less than 4K random. 
like SSDs are optimized for 4K and up now, since it's like the year 2016. Those workloads, after I researched it, were introduced in the year 2000. Like literally 16 years ago is when those workloads came out. So back then, web servers did have a lot of content that was like 1K, half a K, stuff like that. What about about my... um the website fave icon that, that uh, maybe they need <laughs> to use like less than like they need to use maybe. the older ssds still so they can get better performance there should i guess be one website one web server that has all the world's fave icons <laughs> on it fave and icon it, as a service and yep. it should be yeah but, exactly. but here's the thing here's yeah. the thing they could all fit in ram so you know well just I mean, saying. I think you yeah, underestimate the, web, the number the of favorite icons. guys. I mean, they're, they're going to obviously need these for their their small access. Nineteen ninety eight Josh Deck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so got okay. rid of those yep. workloads, and then there are other workloads like database, email server, online transaction processing, stuff like that, which I kind of labeled at the beginning, like spelled out what those workloads look like, mm-hmm. and we don't need to test them individually because we're testing so many data points with our suite that all of the results are encompassed within the chart. I'll believe you. Right? So if you go to that first chart right there, like you're looking at 4K randoms, but it is all so Q-depths scaled bottom to top, yep. and it's going left to right, like uh, 100% right all the way to 100% read. So it does all of the various mixing of right. the workloads, just whatever you want to look. Basically, you just look for whatever it is that you know you're going to do for your application and find the, the, the correct line on the graph. For it, basically. Okay. Um, so that first chart this is one. the Micron unit. Okay. There's yep. kind of too much stuff on that chart to try to mix another product in. So the chart directly below it has the same scales, but is using the Intel. That's gotcha. a lot less. It's pretty easy to tell. Those lines are an awful lot lower. Right. Um, like an I awful agree. lot. Now, scro- scroll back up to the Micron because mm-hmm. this is where it gets pretty crazy. That top line, the gray line there. Yep. Uh, which goes up to the 750,000 IOP point. It was actually like 737K or something like that Ugh. measured, right? Yep. Look at the right axis. That is megabytes per second worth of throughput, and it's hitting 3 gig per second worth of 4K random. So that drive is doing random access at a speed high enough to saturate its bus. Okay. It just can't get much faster than that because it's, it's physically limited by the interface. So that's damn good right. for random access for a product, right? Meanwhile, need a bigger bus. One point. So it really is a thrustmaster for data. Uh, it really is. Yeah, it can push it through like nobody's business. That Intel looks a like garbage. Yeah, Intel kind of <laughs> it really makes Intel look bad. I mean, it it really is there. Um, we repeated the same kind of test for 8K. Similar kinds of results, although Intel goes a little bit faster when it's 8K because it doesn't have to be as nimble. Right, if it, the Intel the Intel controller seems a little dated on how fast it can handle random IOs, okay. so it's able to kind of keep up a little bit better there. And then when you go to sequential, again, pretty high numbers from the Micron part. It's hitting three point two gig per second sequential, um, probably because there's a little bit less overhead from trying to do four K random sure. stuff, you know. Um, and the um, write speed's pretty good too. It's doing like like about two point two gig per second writes. The Intel drive. Still does decent, uh, but obviously doesn't get much higher than two gig per second on its sequential throughput. Once you get over to the hundred percent reads on the right side there, um, so that's that page. Then the other part of the meat and potatoes is the next page, 
which Boy, is new yeah. testing that the, I have been working. The comments section? No. Uh, no. Jeremy, Jeremy really likes this page, actually. So you here's... Put, you put that damn quote in there? Uh, I yes. I would have deleted that immediately no. had I seen it. I. It's not how fast you go, it's how well you go fast. It's not how well you mow, it's how well you <laughs> That's where fast. I got it from. I totally stole it. you fast? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So here's the thing. Typically when people test their SSDs, they... St- they have various dials they can adjust on their test software, like if you're using Iometer, if you're using FIO or any other tools. Yeah. You can tell it what Q depth to go, and you can tell it what your workload is, and you just basically hit go, and the thing just applies that workload at that Q depth to the SSD. It's just maxing it out as fast as it can possibly go at that level of a Q. Okay. Perfect. Now, here's the problem. When you try to compare SSDs, which has actually been something I'm battling even with the latency percentile stuff, the direct comparisons are not really direct direct comparisons when looking at the latency. Because if you give two different SSDs the same Q depth and you let them both go as fast as they can, one might be doing twice the IOPS. Right. Okay? But the latency profiles might kind of look similar between the two. So how do you tell which one's actually winning because they're both there's an extra variable that's not the thing you're trying to measure right it's, it's tiger like, blood right it's got tiger blood and so it's winning <laughs> so if you're trying to see what the latency of a device would look like and compare them to each other and do things like quality of service which applies to like you know actual device in use kind of workload stuff you have to apply the workload not at a fixed q depth at a fixed iops at a fixed pace at a fixed pace. You have to okay. issue the IOs at a fixed pace. You're, okay? si- you're, you're simulating a f- workload. An actual That is workload. like has a continual workload, like a web server or something or yeah. a device that is like, hey, I have this much of a, uh, of a uh, user base that I am uh, attending to and here's what my IOPS would be. A yeah. database server just logging stuff from a web server yeah. at a constant rate as people right. hit it. Right, yep. right, right, right. But the, so the essentially is, you're just – Spitting on your hand and stroking your SSD <laughs> at a medium pace. At a medium pace, yes. At a medium pace. So and stuff. The, the key there also is that you have to realize that when, when these SSDs are actually in use, they're not running QDepth 256 just max all the time. No one is going to configure a system where the SSD is that kind of a, like a bottleneck that it has to be that strained. Okay. Right? Um, because when you push them that hard, latencies start to climb way up. And if you try the whole idea of quality of service measurements is to see, okay, if these two servers are using like identical servers other than two different SSDs being installed in them, mm-hmm. which one has a lower latency for the same load? Right? Because that's how a, a enterprise would actually buy a drive. That's what they're looking we for. We know what our workload is, which of these drives performs better in that. Not maximum throughput. What is what are they going to give me the best quality of service right. at it's, our workload? It's the quality of service thing, especially if it's like online transaction processing stuff, things like that, where that the latency is a sensitive thing on the storage, right? right? Okay. So with all that out of the way, now these tests were all done at a pace that was lower than the max spec of the minimum of the slowest drive in the comparison. That way we don't peg any one drive and put it into that state. Yeah, and, and moving forward, when we have more comparison products, we're, I'm probably going to do a SATA Enterprise review next, and it'll be a bunch of different products, right? I'll have to go on the minimum possible load that doesn't oversaturate the drive, right? Okay. Um, once you've done that, now you have this, the IOPS is a level playing field now. 
Right. Right. And now when you plot latency percentiles, they're actually latencies like comparing at the same exact load, right? Which is a much better representation of the, the comparison between them. And an added bonus of how we're doing it, part of the legend actually shows you what queue depth the SSD was operating at during the test. So you can see, and obviously lower is better, right? Faster SSDs can handle the load at a lower queue depth mm-hmm. because they're able to knock, you know, shallow the queue faster. You know, you've got things coming in trying to stack up and build in the queue. A faster SSD can, you know, knock down that list even faster than the slower one, right? So, and you can see differences there, right? You got, I think, queue depth is like 13 versus 19 for Micron versus Intel for the mixed workloads. But then if you go to uh, the next the next picture there, Ryan. Yeah. If you go to the next picture, that's uh, 100% right workload. And holy crap, the Micron drive looks amazing there. Right? Straight and lineup. It's now, basically here, a straight My lineup. question here when I looked at this was the Intel drive is faster. It is. For 49%. And that's of the time. That's, that's latency percentile, which is time-weighted. Right. Right. So, yes, for half of the time, the Intel SSD is faster. However, look at how much more area and that's, difference there that's is. That's important to point out that this is a log scale at the bottom. That is also a log scale. Right, so, so th- this gap here is an order of magnitude less than the same gap on the other yeah. side. You're comparing like a 20% delta gap, like 15 to 20% roughly, yeah. versus uh, uh, 100 times right. delta, right? right? And then if you go down to the QoS, you skip, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, one more. There's that same percentile plot, but these results are derived from QoS data, which is the I.O. percentile. It's Q- not weighted. QoS being, and those things at the bottom, 999, 39s, 49s, 59s, is 99.999% of the time, how fast will this drive respond? Uh, well, it's, what is the maximum 99999 percent what is the latency. maximum okay like what is, if you plot it all out which we do on the bottom of this page yeah i give the io percentile plots that that those results come from like if you find the point in the plot where it hits where it crosses 99.999 right uh what is the latency at that at that value and since the so this, micron, is, this is your worst case Essentially, for that this particular workload, sure, sure. Some, some, but some vendors want that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, oh, but okay. you could just ninety nine point nine isn't it, that unrealistic. If you're doing of a thing. four million transactions a day, sure. Then some of them are going to some of them are going to be outside of them are the line, be outside right? That thing, but, yeah. but look, in case of the ninety one hundred, even at five nines, it's zero point zero eight milliseconds. That's all right. Versus the Intel drive, which is at nineteen milliseconds. That's less I, think, all right. I think that worked out to like 400 and something times of a delta yeah. in latency, like, which is crazy. So, um, so Amazon would really love these products. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you have to realize that that plot we were looking at just a couple of seconds ago, uh, it was at a workload that the drive could easily handle. I think the, even the P3700 was only at a Q depth of like 2.5 or something. Mm-hmm. So it was clearly not being loaded very hard like q depth of less than three is awfully low right and yet it still had all it still had plenty of ios that were stretching as far out as as uh what was that number yeah 19 milliseconds right right it's just it's just the way that translates to cheaper running because you don't have to buy as many drives yeah you don't need as many of them in parallel so 
you can get by with five instead of 14 or 20. Yeah. Hmm. This is big money. Yeah, it is. It is a huge difference. And that's like a definitely an impressive. So go back up, go back up. There's that same plot that you were looking at and asking, Hey, it looks like this one would be faster more than half of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the IO percentile plot. So this is showing me that it is faster. 85% of the time, 85% of the IOs. Okay. Okay, So this one is the IOs, not the time. Right. Um, and that, that orange line, how it doesn't quite make it up to the top there. Yeah, of for the, a while. Of the 100%. And yeah. you can actually tell that in there. That's called tail latency. And it drives with a long tail latency. We'll have poor, you know, 5.9s performance, stuff like that. That's where that 5.9s is coming from. Gotcha. It's where that line crosses, fi- you know, 5.9s. Right. Um, which you can even tell from that picture. So it would be off the graph here, right? Because we're, we're only at 100 milliseconds. Well, we were at 19 it milliseconds. Was 19. So it would be, yeah. It's oh, right around, it. you can actually tell it's kind of almost there. Um, even visually on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, Interesting. Yeah. So, but the IO percentile, again, like I was kind of going back and forth. Latency percentile, the, the, t- the time-based stuff was really meant initially to show like just consumer drive differences in performance, mm-hmm. right? Um, it more easily shows them. But I found that even for this review, if you look at that, you can't really tell which one is faster. No. You might even think the Intel one is faster. I probably would have. But in all, but by all other measurements, the Micron walks all over it. So it seemed to make sense to include the yeah. you know, the latency percentile yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. still. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty damn fast. You know, not is this the like fastest kind of enterprise SSD we have now? That's like it's the fastest a reasonable fast SSD we have in the office. Well, I mean, would you ask, are there other options faster than this that we just maybe haven't seen yet, you think? Uh, I mean, there's probably PCIe by 8 stuff, okay. although I don't think there's any PCIe by 8 stuff with This drive costs $3,240. Uh, this one, yes. Yeah, the, the, the 2.4 terabyte. So okay. why so much over-provisioning? Did you go over that and I missed it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that still just gets me. I mean, 1.6 terabytes of over-provisioning. yeah. yeah. So what it does is it gives you it gives you better endurance, and if you a lot of what an SSD is doing, especially with 4K random workloads and stuff like that, it hits a lot of times where there's a block of flash that's been partially written, and it's already partially written the other part, but it's already disregarded it in favor of something else it wrote somewhere else. So now the block is full, and you're trying to do another random write to that block. You have to like read the whole block, erase the contents of it. It works kind of like a mini CDR. Like when you felt when that SCDR was full, you had to go Except through really, think, really fast. Think of how well, relatively, wait, really wait, fast. Wait, 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 you're trying to well, tell me CDRs were fast? It, yeah, it does it, it does it really, it really were. fast, but relative to the time it takes to just do the write, if there was space for it, that's super fast compared to having to do like musical chairs with the data to try to like rearrange. Okay, now I got this is important, I got to put it somewhere else, and now I can update this other page, right? So if you over provision it by more, then you don't have to fill your blocks as often you see what i mean like you're just spreading it out more yeah. so it's so it's less often that you have to do that crazy musical chair stuff with your data um in the in the so background when i walk twice as fast my walk lasts only half as long um i sure. that math checks out by me <laughs> i I'll, I'll just say yes 
Um, I, obviously, this is a a, a topic. You need, to, you need to go read what it is. So yeah, you can understand what the hell Alan's talking about. A lot of if stuff. you don't leave questions on the article, because that's that's we want we want to see input on that type of stuff. And, and so. we did. Uh, I think I think I rolled out latency percentile in like October last year, like sure. the nine fifty pro review. And I've wanted to be able to pay stuff like this properly since then. Yeah, and we're finally freaking there, which is good. So we had yeah. to write our own stuff to do it. It wasn't just like go get some tool from somebody. Um, yeah. So we'll see how this uh, progresses with the next enterprise next stuff, and stuff? will we have things that we'll be using some of this type of thing for consumer drives in the not too distant future? Yep. Slightly oh. different version of it, but same kind of um, same kind of methodology we're going to do on some consumer stuff to see emulate like downloading stuff in the background while trying to like launch games, right? Right. Right. Okay, let me ask this, and I mean this is a serious question: Do you foresee in the next two years? That consumer drives will over over provision like this because uh, you know uh, we go to smaller uh, uh, you know higher density uh, DRAM well not DRAM but I'm sorry flash uh, flash, flash memory that uh, they can they can actually increase overall user performance even though you know you're you're buying a what a 512 meg drive but it's Okay, rather, you know, maybe a 756 gig drive and only provisioning 512 gig, but you're getting a lot better, or is it just useless for that kind of usage scenario? It, it really, it really is not necessary for that. And all the consumer stuff, the consumer level stuff, is bought more based on the price versus the capacity than the than the performance. I would imagine. You know, there's a lot of times that uh, we'll even we'll say just as long as it's a decent drive, performance-wise, doesn't have to be spectacular. As long right. as it's decent, go for the cheapest cost per gig. Yep, yep, ten right? cents. As long as it doesn't have issues, it's probably going to be good. That right? makes sense. Um, so with that, I think that the OP figures that you're always going to see on consumer stuff is going to be between five and seven percent, which is what it's been the whole damn time. Um, there's other company like some of the companies will have their SSD toolbox kind of software that come every. Every company has that kind of software. Some of those softwares will let the user uh, on an unpartitioned drive like actually change the OP. You can go lower, like lower on the available capacity mm-hmm. and force it to go more OP. If you really wanted to, you'd get more performance. If you were crazy. If you were really pe- – actually, the Micron software will let you over-provision this further. <laughs> wow! <laughs> if you want to, I, I want it to be further. a hundred gigabyte drive. Can I do that? No. So, how fast will it be for uh, how long? Um, and and I haven't tested this, but theoretically, you could you could buy the pro version of this. Start with a three point two, but if you wanted to get the performance of the max, it should it should work that way to where if you then OP'd it. They you know, shouldn't have two SKUs. Well, they have the SKUs based on people that just aren't going to reconfigure the drive on yes, the other end. This is enterprise. Right. They should be able to like put that forward and say, here, like provision it how you want. Uh, oh, it's enterprise. You're selling to someone who has no idea what the hell they're buying. So, yeah. yeah. People just want to buy it you, and you plug it into a system. It like it, ha- it happens a lot. Like there, there's, I mean, plenty of people will not even install that software. Yeah. So, all right, let's move past the storage. Uh, we're going to run through these news items uh, as quickly as we can, guys, because uh, it's been, it's late. It's so late. I'm so very late. I'm tired. <laughs> You're so very late. I'm so oh, very no. late. I've got that's, that's, late. How, that's, how, late. that's how late Ryan is. Um, 
Let's see. What's up first, Jeremy? AMD RX 480 and NVIDIA GTX launch demand. This is, again, this is a story posted almost a full week ago by Scott looking at availability of these cards. Um, the GTX 1080, GTX 1070, and the RX 480, all of which are still really, really hard to find. Yeah. As it turns yeah, out. Yeah, story hasn't changed at all. People want new shit. Well, I... I, I do remember back to the days before the RX 480 launched about all these AMD people complaining about the fact that you can buy a 1080 or 1070, and they're like, we we know we're going to have enough for demand on the 480, and here we are. Not enough Either demand. Either a Not billion enough. people yeah. bought 480s, or they underestimated what they needed to sell through. Um, so <laughs> I would still encourage people to go to, uh, what's that, nowinstock.net? Yeah. Yes. And, and check around, and I do it every morning just to see what's out there. I actually have seen, like I think it was this morning, yesterday morning, there were probably three or four 1070s available. Yeah. Okay. I, I was at our micro center today, yeah. and there were no 480s, no 1080s, but there were three different SKUs of 1070. So it seems, seems like 1070s are making their way out there. Uh, 1080s are still hard to find. Um, and 480s were kind of, were like, we're, right, t- today is like, hey, you should have another shipment ready by now. Right? Yeah. If your first week sell through was through, yep. your your product launched last Wednesday. Uh, you should have another collection of it. We don't have that yet. So, um, turns out people wanted to buy video cards after all. Go figure. You know, uh, after pent up demand there. Yeah, yeah waiting waiting for two years wait. for a new process node shrink that promises all a this long time to wait between releases. Yeah. Uh, Jojo the Cactus edited their Patreon pledge from $5 to $10. Nice. I, didn't, I didn't know Cacti could contribute to Patreons, but I'm, they, I'm they happy that they They take their do. little whiskers and they hit the keyboard. <laughs> thank you, Jojo. Uh, thank you, Jojo the Cactus. Um, this next story, Jeremy, tell me what the hell... I, I actually didn't know this was really a rumor um, that the RX 480 had more compute units that had been disabled to make the 480 uh, and that people thought that the, that was what the 490 was going to be. Is that what this is? More or less, yeah. Uh, they were figuring that there would be an extra four compute units on it for because the other card had an extra four gigs of memory you just couldn't use. So makes sense there'd be four disabled CUs on this somehow, right? Mm, sure. Uh, maybe. But uh, Evan Gronk is uh, the senior project manager at AMD who is saying no, no. This uh, card that we don't actually admit really exists yet only has 36 compute units in it. Okay. On the one hand, very nice. Hey, confirmation that, yes, this is going to be a card. It's probably not going to be, what is it, Uh, Polaris XT would be the one we're hoping for. He said that the 490 had 36 compute units? Uh, That's what he's saying. What? No, uh, he's saying that the die. I think. Well, I don't know. I he's guess. saying the 480 die only has 36. Oh, sorry. And they didn't oh. disable any. Yes. To put it perhaps more clearly, yes. But <laughs> long story short, there is not disabled compute units on this card. So if that's the case, like the 490 has to be a dual GPU card, right? You would think. Right. Ah, be Polaris 12. <laughs> uh, yeah. Leading leading to the next story of uh, the rumor that. It's not really a rumor because it's now the second place we've seen AMD accidentally list the Radeon RX 490 as a video card. This time it was on a support ticket, I guess, form that they had. Um, this was Sapphire. 
Oh, this was Sapphire? No, this was Sapphire being a little bit uh, ahead of the game. So they listed... um, it does have RAM and display. So the it's had the 460 listed for, for 2 gig and 4 gig versions, um, 474 and 8 gig versions, and then it listed a Radeon 490. They didn't have the RX in it. will be an 8 gig version with one HDMI and three display ports, apparently. Uh, What's up with that 470? What do you mean? Two HDMI ports, one DVI, and two displays? That's a lot of ports. That's- it's a lot of ports, and it's not what you'd want. You want three display ports. Well, I mean, with an RX 470, you might say... I mean, it's the backwards compatibility with a DVI. You want, you want, I think you want a DVI port, right? I think you would want a DVI port on the RX 480, to be honest. Um, but That seems like it might be a weird Sapphire can reconfig. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah, well be. Yeah, that's true. I think I think, it, it just I think stood there out are to me no like reference. I think there are no reference 470s, so that might be one of their custom things. So this is our second confirmation that the 490 exists. Um, I don't think there. We haven't seen any rumors of any other Polaris GPUs leak out, right, Josh? You haven't seen anything about like a Polaris nine or twelve or something like that, right? No. So it has to be a dual GPU card, right? Maybe. Would they release a dual GPU card after the Radeon Pro Duo fiasco? And, unless it's Yeah, with just, a freaking 8-pin on it. <laughs> One 8-pin? Or it, two. <laughs> unless it's like a super low-volume, super bins 480 that they can push up the clocks on. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening six either, bins. but that would be yeah. another hmm. possibility. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say it would have to be a dual GPU card if if it's a thing. I honestly, I honestly have not heard anything about it from AMB at all. Period. So, um, but they need. I think they would like to have something to go above the price point of the 480. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe um, they're just keep- waiting for someone to actually supply them with GDDR5X. Uh, mm. I guess that could. Well, let me say this. I specifically asked if Polaris 10 supported GDDR5X, and they said no. So unless they, again, have another GPU die that has put support in there. I didn't ask if RX480 supported. I asked if the Polaris 10 GPU supported, and they said the memory controller did not support it. So I don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. either. I just, I don't know. What if there is a bigger GPU in the wings for a September-October release before Vega? I don't think it's. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think. I think something would have. I think we would have heard about it by now. It would have been on video cards or right. WCCF right. tech by now. Right. Or you'd be denying all knowledge of it. <laughs> right. Or I would be saying, I don't know. I can't talk about it, guys. Are we sure? Yeah. Never mind. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm not sure actually, but I'm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, all the NVIDIA users, if you're looking for something to update, you can try out the GeForce Experience 3.0 beta. Um, as long as you sign up. You do have to create an account, apparently. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it, this is a beta. It totally revamps the UI. It's supposedly a lot better for GFE in terms of you just see box art of the games that you can click on as opposed to a bunch of text listings. Um, but this does apparently... Uh, remember, some it was last year, right, where NVIDIA said, oh, to get the beta drivers, you're going to have to sign up for an account, and you have to, you're only going to be able to get them through GFE. Mm-hmm. They never actually did that. That's true. Not yet. Uh, but apparently, according to this, where it says log in to GeForce Experience, where you, you either create mm-hmm. an account or you log in with Google, 
um, which you know obviously would make it pretty painless for what most people. What about the uh, Dirt uh, Rally VR drivers? Um, don't you have to get them through GFE? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't You're tried. Sure. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it said. Yeah, I think sure. Well, so this is just a beta still. Did they? I mean, they didn't push it out. I don't know. Maybe they. I mean, they probably have the capability to require a login for everything, for all versions of GFE. I just kind of thought maybe with only with 3.0 would they do it, but I guess then people would stay on 2. Point whatever for as long as they could. Um, but yeah, well, I think you can do both. Actually, looking at this again. There's some people complaining. Look, there's a valid complaint that I don't want to have to register to download a driver. Damn straight. But they're not key, They're not putting Wickle drivers behind a login, only beta drivers yeah. behind a login. So I'll be curious to see if the game-ready stuff that they push very heavily in their PR and marketing, right, gets put behind a registration wall or not. Like, are there some game-ready drivers that are Wickle? Yes, there are some that are not. So, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's interesting, right? So yeah. just because I'm a fan of this game series and I buy this game and I want the driver for it, now I have to log in? I, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's not that big of a deal for an individual user to have to do this. It's a pain in the ass for me because of how many systems we go through all the time with it. Um, but... You know, it's. I imagine that, like we said before, I don't think it will be very long before somebody says, "Oh, one person will download it through that." They'll repackage all They'll the files, on, uh, yeah. Put it on a, a on popular forums and stuff, or Guru 3D or File Hippo or whatever, whatever something websites, you know. yeah, yeah. And, and have it available that way. I would assume that would be the case. Now, if you have to have a login to install the driver. Now that then, is then maybe, we're burning it all down. Then, that's and, that's yeah. getting draconian. We got a different issue. Yeah, so. that needs to not be the thing. Um, for the Dirt Rally VR stuff, I, I'm not really super concerned about this driver supporting it, other than the fact that I had no idea that this existed until mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Yeah, uh, Josh, did you? Do, do we? You're a big Dirt Rally guy. I am, but he doesn't got VR stuff. You don't have VR stuff. Correct. I really want to try this. Me too. Yeah. Supposedly, the, the cockpit view in, in VR and looking around and be able to look through corners and stuff is just fantastic. Yeah. Do we know? But you it, won't be able to see your fancy wheel anymore. No, you would. Who cares? Just You'll be virtual, able to feel it. Virtual, uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll simulate the Alcantara uh, <laughs> graphically. You just choose your that's, wheel. That's, that's the key, right? We use 128 of the finest shaders to yes, reproduce yes. the Alcantara. Now you're talking. Yeah. This is why... This is why you need the GTX 1080 for your VR so that the Alcantara can properly I, be rendered. Like in, uh, the accessory the guys, Logitech, Thrustmaster, whoever it is, their goal should be to get their wheels replicated in the game engine, right? So that and it, and it, it shows up and reacts accordingly, right? Like well, they do want- have you know hands and the wheel and the shifters. You can disable. Sure, but yeah. like you. You want it to be like AR in the sense that the wheel exists in the physical space in the game that it exists in your physical space. Yeah, but you couldn't do hand tracking. So it's going to be off regardless. <laughs> what? You can't put a couple of golf balls on your knuckles? So that- yeah, that's going to put all kinds of dots all over Just get Just get some move controllers and tape them to the back of your hands. <laughs> there you go. I, I've got a real question. Do we know? Like, So I know they're working on adding Oculus support. Is it still Oculus or is it... It is. Open uh, VR. It will come first to the Oculus Store and will arrive on Steam later this month. But like, I don't know if it will support the Vive. Hmm. 
I when it comes to the Steam. I wonder if you could revive it. Um, uh, there doesn't seem to be an announcement about official HTC Five. Depends on your GPU, I think. Yeah, I. What? I don't know. We'll I, get into that in a bit. What? Um, I, I, I think it will. I would hope it would support the Vive. I mean, like if it if they're using Nokia's SDK, then it would not support the Vive out of the box. Well, you can play Steam. You can use. You can play Rift stuff on the Vive with that. Thing. There's a there's with that the, with the revive thing again. Yeah, and they did re-enable that. But those guys have to like add some. They stuff have to, to add it, like a profile for the for game. Each yeah. game. Okay. and it doesn't yeah. work with every game currently. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I I hate the divisions, but life is life. Um. Oh, did I miss a? I missed a link. Oh no, no. Wait. Oh, I see what you're talking about, Jeremy. Um, cool shit. <laughs> Kinetic. Do you remember these guys? We saw them at CES yep. last year. They made this weird looking thing. Yeah, it was. It was looked last different. Year or two years ago, it, it might was, have been two, years, two ago. years ago. Maybe two uh, years yeah, ago. You're right. Um, and they wouldn't let you flip it upside down to see if it still worked as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the it has no fan. It has this metal bladed thing that spins. Ken would definitely hurt himself on these. Um, oh, it would rip off all of his fingers. Yeah, or he'd rip off all the blades. So it's a Whoa. kinetic cooler. What what makes it a kinetic? cooler like, i mean I don't, physics I don't, I don't think kinetic is like i don't think going sure for a kin- physics term play because yeah because really. kinetic- i think their their push is that um there is such a small and dense layer of air in between the base of the cooler and the fan mm-hmm. that it actually transmits heat fairly effectively and so mm-hmm. it's a moving piece of of metal and so I think that's where the kinetic comes from. Yeah. But has, the, uh, the heat transfer energy. is pretty effective with this, you know, dense, compressed, uh, solid piece of air in between. Well, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. In between the, the base where, you know, the CPU is attached to and where the spinning fan is. And that's where I think they think a lot hmm. of their heat dissipation is actually going to come and, from. And the benefit here is that it's super low profile can fit in small spaces. Not mm-hmm. that it has some revolutionary cooling capability in terms of Well, the idea is that your heat sink is your fan. Yeah. Yeah, but you still have something right, So spinning. instead of having a fan pulling off of it, the heat sink is actually yeah. spinning around fast enough yeah. to be pulling the heat off of it. And it, and it's, it's, it looks like, yeah, the, like the, the blades on it are at perpendicular angles to the fins on the outside of the cooler. Um, yeah, so it okay. really pushes the air through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, my mind is re- revital. And, and I still want to see how it works ago. on odd angles where that tiny little layer of air might be a little bit bigger or smaller than they expected it to be. I think yeah. there's going to be a bearing in there that's just going to hold it at the right. There better height. be. Yeah, it's not just magically floating. Well, it's it could, magnetics. it could, well, it could work like an air bearing. That is a thing. Mm, okay, but then it would have Our to be. Me. You know, then it wouldn't work. If you had an air bearing, it would have to never stop spinning. Uh, well, they would have an actual oh. bearing that it lands on when it's okay. You know, not lower, running a lower profile. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it have a park position. Yeah. Well, the amount of wear that you would get from an air bearing going from zero to 150 RPM, which is in what point one seconds. Yeah, it spins up almost instantly. It goes so. really fast, like you know what, five thousand RPM. You're not going to get a whole lot of wear on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I remember, I remember yeah. the tech from a couple years ago. But the demo was really cool, and we saw yeah. it. I guess they just Can't never – maybe it was a market reality thing. They were at the Cooler Master booth. Yeah. 
That's yeah, because right. like, Blue Nash was going to be like the exclusive. Yep, seller yeah, they of were the promising US. us that we we're going to see that at the next Computex, whatever CES that was, the next Computex, they they were going to announce Cooler Master products. I yeah, never how'd that work out? Didn't, yeah. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, Gigabyte shows off a small GTX 1070. Is it cute, Jeremy? Does it look cute? Oh, it is so cute. That's look impressive. That little thing. It's like a little black and orange Millennium Falcon. Uh, so if you remember the mini GTX 970s, yeah. like that was a thing. Um, that was kind of like the competition. The R9 Nano was the mini 970s. It didn't really hold up well. Um, but here is like the mini 1070. Yep. Uh, what are the TDPs of the 1070? Is it 155, I think, the TDP of that GPU is? I think so. Something Sounds like that. It's got a 6-pin, right? Six pin, right? Uh, it has, no, they both have 8-pins. Yes. Oh, they have 8-pins. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over 150 watts. Of course it would. Okay, okay. Um, 155 watts. So this is a. Uh, this is from Gigabyte. GTX 1070 Mini ITX OC. Hit 1746 boost clock, um, which is pretty impressive. 6.7 inches long. <clears throat> and just about that thick. <laughs> See? It's well above average. Look at the I.O. on that thing. How stupid is Two that? Two DVI, a display port, and an HDMI, it looks like. Yeah. yeah it's weird. What? Two but I could see it for like an older HTPC. Yeah, maybe they're going for smaller form factors that might be in like a uh, small box sitting on a desk driving too old or. Uh, Why would you or maybe buy that you wanted to be able to use a Vive? To drive to, I, don't, I don't know, Ken. Yeah, I'm just, I don't get like, it either. It should have like. Don't worry, Ken. We'll just use the uh, DisplayPort splitting. Uh, what is that thing MST. called? MST. Yeah, MST oh, hubs. Yeah, MST solves yes, there everything. There you go. Uh, and we can have. All I wouldn't the be surprised monitors. if you see the stem thing in the the backpack VR systems. <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and so in that case, the Vive like you need a little bit extra compatibility at least for the moment. Backpack VR EPI. system. Yeah. I mean, that output attachment. configuration really makes less sense than the Asus one on the 10s where they have two HDMIs. Yeah, that just, yeah. like, pissed me off. I'm actually. just trying to help you, but, like, it doesn't make much sense. Because they got rid of the third DisplayPort to do that, and it's like, what, what are you guys doing? Now someone has to buy, like, you can't even do triple G-Sync. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Apparently, the price on, price on this is uh, about 465 bucks. so that's yep. about a $20 increase over the Founders Edition of the 1070. Yeah. Uh, and about $90 over the MSRP base price for, like, your basic partner cards. I mean, is it is it overclocked at all compared to, like, a little, a little bit? bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, there are two models, apparently, I guess. Uh, one stock and one... Uh, premium. So, <laughs> Night Rider in the chat says, "Oh boy, five dollar DLC. Buy a pack of fake wheels for your VR game." Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> you'll yeah. have to. Oh, you'll have to pay. Happen. You'll have to pay again so that you can have your so you can have you your racing the hats wheel. Were big out <laughs> visible in the in the VR. I know uh, our next story here about Xbox Play Anywhere has going to have Jeremy really excited. Oh, yeah, now you can get your console quality gaming on any platform you want. It, it, it's your console amazing. or your PC. Yeah, uh, and that sort of speaks towards, uh, yeah, these next uh, releases that you're going to be able to buy on the Microsoft Store are bloody console games that the, you have to play on no, you're, no. Windows 10. Have, have no. you seen the brilliant Forza PC version they put out? 
that's 4K, no. 60 all over the place, and looks gorgeous. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they did yes. good work on that. Okay. They're not just going to be using the same... The, like, they already have the high-end textures because they're going to make a 4K Xbox, so especially right, Microsoft Studios. Like, yeah. these will be good-looking PC games. It's just... Mm. With UWP, they can theoretically put less effort into making the port. So the idea and, is that this fall... Any games purchased on Xbox Store and the Windows Store will be available on the other at no additional cost. Nice. Right? So if you buy... Um, yeah, uh, So, but if you buy the Xbox version, you can play it on your Windows machine and vice versa. Yeah. Which is... That's which is, decent. Which and is playing, really cool. At least and, until but, this store dies and then they stop supporting it like they did games <laughs> well, for Windows Live. Well, that's yeah. True. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's fair. Just a thing. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> You'll still be able to play it on your Xbox, though, probably. Yeah, hopefully. The Xbox will keep going. Yeah, the, 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 the Windows the, version may not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's still pretty cool, right? Like... It's nice to have an option. The idea is if you bought uh, that Forza game, you could play it on both. If you bought, well, um, yeah. uh, what was the other and, game? That, and we're talking uh, about playing. War we're talking about playing a Gears local War, copy on the PC. Other. Yeah, not streaming. Not it, streaming. Not streaming it over your local no. network. Yeah, it's, playing. You yeah. get the game on two different devices. Yep. Yeah. This is this is actually really cool. Although, I still just really wanted to put the damn games on Steam. Like the Windows Store yeah. is very restrictive. Obviously. They can't do that with the way UWP works and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they, put it on they, Steam. Well, you can have UWP apps on Steam. Yeah, yep. they now set at build. You can have a UWP app that's just an executable that you run. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So just download. Yeah, but it's still got to conform to all of the Buddy Windows Store. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's terms just a way of comp- and it's just a way of compiling. So it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and to be fair, Microsoft has improved the UWP experience. You know, they enabled VSync off. They enabled higher frame rates. Um, they Eventually. claim to be supporting um, multi-GPU in the future, which is you know a, a bigger problem than just UWP. One day mods might be a thing. Yeah. They, yeah. they said mods will be a thing. Yeah, they, they, they said yeah, they will. want to do it, but when and, and to you what degree would You wouldn't see mods on Microsoft games anyways. They wouldn't give you mod support, even yeah. if they were just like Win32 apps. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah, you could, know, you could right. hack stuff around. I, I, I'm not. I don't believe that the the Windows Store is the best place to buy games. Mm-hmm. But if it's not Microsoft the best place to buy anything, yeah. If, <laughs> if, but if it's going to be the only place Microsoft is going to put their games on the PC, then I would like it to be as good as possible. Right. I want them yeah. to support the things as, as well as can be expected if that's where they're going to put them. Um, Unfortunately for them, if they don't put them in other places, then what's going to happen is it's just going to be the underground will get their mitts on it and make it work just as a standalone oh, yeah. thing, and it'll be released within an hour that comes out on the Windows Store. Yeah. It'll be on yeah. BitTorrent or some crap. Yeah. And it'll work better. Yeah, and it'll probably work better with less restrictions and, you know, yeah. Well, of course, that. less restrictions like, you know, DRM would be removed as well. So, yeah. Uh,. So there's that. I think that'll be cool. It looks like, uh, like I said, starting this fall, um, as Scott wrote here. Um, they got a lot of hills to overcome, but they may, maybe yeah, they can they do, do it. Uh, and hey, it can't be worse than we expect, right? Oh, yeah, oh it can. Be better. <laughs> it can. Um, all right. So our last piece here is what Jeremy was alluding to before. Apparently, Jeremy, there's a bug where GP104 won't work with the Vive over DisplayPort? Is that what this no, is? No, it, it does not like it in that it doesn't admit that you've plugged it in. Mm. This this could be a problem for many people. Wait, it, it will just, work over HDMI. We've yeah. tried. Isn't that how... That's how our Vive hooks up? No. we've. I've never connected the Vive through DisplayPort. 
Oh, oh, just, okay, sorry. So the Vive breakout HDMI. box yeah, has a mini display port input, but it's as well HDMI. as an HDMI input. It has both. Oh. So you could, in theory, connect it through HDMI, which is what we've done, or display port. Okay. Right. Uh, well, or par- an adapter if you so desired right. for some bizarre reason. Can you just, but you apparently know. the GTX 1080 and 1070 don't aren't working well with the DisplayPort handshake. So they just use the HDMI. Well, maybe you're, there's only one HDMI port. Maybe yeah, your monitor true. is HDMI. Yeah. That's that's the reasoning behind the Asus two HDMI ports on your video card. So you can have another one for yeah. like VR support. Is that you can have if your monitor is HDMI and then now you have your um, you know your VR headset on HDMI. So which side does it look like the issue is on though? Because you, um, you never know what like yeah. Well, there's been some rumors that people are tweaking motherboard settings, which seems that odd. Makes no sense. Not whatsoever. impossible, but very yeah. odd. Apparently, Nvidia has acknowledged the issue. But, other yeah. threads claim there are other displays that have similar issues. Oh, um, so it sounds like it's on the Nvidia some side. Some users have experienced <laughs> luck with modifying their motherboard settings, which doesn't make any yeah, sense to me. But no, it doesn't really what? either. But it's an oops for Nvidia. Unless like, they're plugging into an integrated. <laughs> At that point, I don't I, know. I like how it's taken this long for this to come out. Like, obviously, there are a bunch of Vibes out there, huh? I think pretty much everybody uses HDMI. Yeah, I would. The people that have that are buying Vibes will probably be other people that have DisplayPort monitors or yeah, yeah. or maybe dual link monitors. Like HDMI, in my opinion, is probably the the lowest of like the lowest uh, uh, user base sure. in terms of gaming monitors oh, attachment. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. I mean, right? I went, I I went know, straight from DVI to DisplayPort. You, like I'd skip you should yeah. look at the same survey when resolution people are on it. Yeah, but resolution uh, well, doesn't determine what yes, but your a, connection is. A lot is. of those 1080p monitors out there are HDMI. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's I true, but I mean, my DVI, HDMI is tied with my TV. It, yeah. It's not for one of my monitors. It's yeah. for when I'm just outputting to the TV. Yeah, and apparently the HDMI, uh, uh, the converter, let's see, if you can use a DisplayPort to HDMI adapter. So if yeah. you do display port out of the card sure. to an HDMI adapter, and then into and then it works. The I, input I on would the Vive. probably plug yeah. that one into your monitor going through the adapter just because. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, interesting nonetheless. So hopefully they'll get that fixed out. Um, I do think um, the VR Funhouse will be out soon. The NVIDIA VR Funhouse. Yay. Yeah. So I want to try that. I want to keep demoing, and it looks yeah. awesome. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Um, well, I was too busy running the show. I didn't know what I had forgotten to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, picks uh, of the week? Yeah, no, I'm saying I didn't have one on here. Oh. Um, so let's go to everybody else first and we'll finish. <laughs> we'll finish. Oh, I see. You get to cheat just because you run the place. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, since I clicked yeah, the links yeah, and bring yeah, up yeah. the websites well, I'm, and stuff. I'm looking around for something to throw out Ryan. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's go to Jeremy any- first. All right. Well, if you're if you're a Canadian with absolutely no patience whatsoever and just has to update your card, I would pop by Amazon and buy that before someone gets fired. Because uh, that's the price? the price you see when it's out of stock and it doesn't matter what the hell price it is. These are actually shipping at that price. And Canadian, I've been seeing closer to 650 700 Huh. That it's like not so bad. Though. And that's a nice triple cooler one, too. And see that green print there that says in stock? Yeah, 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 yeah. You order it, you get it. Triple cooler feels a little bit overkill on a 1070 to me. Yeah, but why not? It's eh? just, I mean, it's just a cooler. It's I just get a it. Custom cooler design. It is, I mean, it doesn't matter how many fans there are. It matters how fast they spin and what the airflow is yeah, like. Yeah, and yeah. 
It's How one surface it's one area heat sink. Got. Yeah, it's one heat sink. It's just three fans. Yeah. Uh, so that's got to be the best price I've seen for an in stock 1070 up Yeah. There. Yeah. All right. Uh, up next, Josh. That's not Josh. Well, you guys need to put your shit in the right order. Hey, I don't know someone, why. I was... Someone changed that for us. You're Josh. And it wasn't me. I'm going to rearrange it. I think I think it accidentally got changed like eight weeks ago. <laughs> just yeah. been carrying over the time, whole time. I just click the links in order, and then I present them on the screen, and then you guys go, "Oh no, I'm, that's not the right one." You guys need to fix that shit. <laughs> uh, so okay, Josh, now what's up? My choice is beer and depression, and you can find them at any corner liquor store. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Or any okay. quarter no, it, for it that is matter. Unfortunate. This time of year, uh, allergy stuff comes out, and pretty much without fail all the allergy medication makes me depressed so in the next couple of weeks if you see me looking dreary sort of sad that's because i'm taking this damn allergy medicine to make my eyes not water and my nose not just take some adderall with it (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) i'm just gonna do some math after i do the allergy medications it's gonna be great yeah yeah yeah, fantastic no really uh the uh, the pick is of course the T three hundred Alcantara edition wheel. Just get this all if you're interested in racing. Spend the money, get happy, have this for years and years to come. Yeah, it's a little pricey. Mm-hmm. You know what? It feels good. Mm. It uh, is well supported by the industry, and boy, that Alcantara wheel, it sure does feel nice. What 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 I, what I like hands about don't get sweaty. I wish you know we had Alcantara pedals. <laughs> what I what I like about that option is that you're not having to buy the thing with another wheel and then kind of just like almost throwing that wheel away when you exactly. put the other wheel on. Because, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I want the Tom uh, Servo one. Yeah, the Servo itself is two hundred fifty nine bucks. Yeah, and the three wheel uh, three pedal is ninety nine, and then one seventy nine. So you're getting a little okay. bit of a deal there. Yeah, the uh, four sixty nine. That's Good a Lord. nice combination that will make you happy for many years. To only come. ten left in stock, guys. Make sure you only. use uh, the PC Perspective uh, uh, affiliate code. Go to PCPro.com and click on the Amazon Buy It Buy It button, support this website button, or whatever it is, and buy then go buy. Yes, that four hundred sixty dollar wheel. That helps us more than you might even think. Yeah, definitely. It's actually pretty good. Okay, now, Alan. your pick. So uh, I managed to to scarf this uh, like pretty badass printer for 100 bucks from a neighbor who was just trying to get rid of one and it was like a canon pro 9000 printer that can print like 13 by 19 prints mm-hmm. like which is pretty awesome right sure. so i started printing out some stuff and i needed to put it in some frames uh and this is like a killer deal i'm sorry is your hardware pick picture frames, picture frames? people next listen all next. You, listen all <laughs> you other all your other geeks that are sitting in your room playing wow with nothing on the walls like put some pictures on the walls print some shit out oh okay eight by ten or you could buy real art instead of printing shit out so decent picture frames are usually like 10 RPG everywhere on my wall <sighs> decent picture frames are usually like 10 bucks a pop uh like, i don't typically. disagree sure. okay these are Good picture frames. Like, I received them today. Like, they're good quality. They're, um... They're plastic frames, right? They're plastic frames, but it's, like, good quality. It doesn't look cheap or anything like that. Um, and it's, I mean, like... When you got a super thin bezel, it doesn't have to look like It's much. It's a super thin bezel. It's all, it's all one-piece frame. Mm-hmm. And it's actual glass in front. And it doesn't have any that kind of trickery to get the frame apart to put the picture into it. It's just, like, the, the plastic flexes slightly if you just flex one corner. It just kind of, like, pops out of 
the mm. glass pops out and just you know throw your picture in there and you Easy snap to the thing back in. Easy to load your pictures. Yeah, and it is it literally. I, I thought it was kind of a gimmick until I actually put a picture in one of the frames today, and it was just it was so painfully simple. I don't understand why all picture frames don't do this. Um, so I like twelve yeah. packs, but I don't know about this twelve pack. You, well, you don't have to get like that many of them, and they have all different sizes. I just picked eight by ten for the pick um, to have a link, but that's twelve of them for like thirty two dollars. Like that's insanely cheap for you know pretty good quality picture frames. One of them is ten thirty two. Two of them is ten ninety nine. Yeah, it, it kind of scales pretty good Six once you get them to the is bigger packs. Okay. <laughs> Cyclops wanna knows how many wants to know how many SSDs you can fit in one of those. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done the math. Sorry. I don't, U.2, M.2, SATA, PCIe, which type? I don't think uh, that your pick is a bad pick. It's I, good stuff. I think it's it is unrelated. Hardware or software. No, it's not. And I do believe that last time you picked like little rubber nubbins. Yeah, I did. Um, You're really going to need to step up your game here, or else we're going to have to do alcohol next time. We're going to have to boot you. You want me to pick alcohol like Josh does? Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. fine. Okay, here's my pick. Um, I actually ordered this like an hour ago. Because you didn't get I the anchor one? Sick Why and tired. Why do you keep buying weird third-party lightning cables? 973 customer reviews. Does it? Are they certified? He likes the way they catch on fire. Uh, yes, that's what this little. No, I don't know what that's. If they're not, on, if they're not on. certified, man, adaptive copper. I mean, braided. They might just not work right for you. Nah, after they're while. gonna work. <laughs> Nine hundred and seventy-three reviews. I just went. To, I honestly went. I said sort by reviews. That's a lot of good reviews. It's a lot of good reviews. So they're probably okay for three ten-foot cables for thirteen ninety-nine. That's a good price. And yeah, I was tired right. of like and my phone was dying. I was like, I need I need a cable, and I couldn't find one in this entire freaking office. It's yeah. amazing. Kim hey, left, hey, and all my lightning cables hey, disappeared <laughs> along with it. Hey, hey Ryan. Uh oh. What? What? Where was that at? Plugged into this computer right here. Why the, was it plugged into well, the computer? Why is it plugged? Because well, I was charging last week. See. But, like, oh, it was right here in the middle of the office. It's a nice long lightning cable. I, I looked at where the cable should go. To so the cable a, charger. Th- that length is really handy for, like, your nightstand. Yes, stuff like correct. That. I have a 10-foot at, at, at my nightstand, which yeah. is, yes. That allows me to um, use my phone while it's charging. You got the thing plugged in. Yeah. It's, like, behind your, Because yeah, you it's behind the nightstand and all yeah. that shit, so... Um, yeah, so they're not Apple branded cables. They may be less. I'm, I'm not saying you should buy Apple branded cables, but like Anchor or Amazon or someone who goes through the certification process, because I've had lightning cables just stop working on me. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's see. Works great. I have not had any warnings on my iPad Air 2 about these not being certified cables. The, pr- the problem I found with them I is not that. I burned my house down yet. No, Five stars. This does say compatibility. Bonus is that it is MFI certified to ensure. Okay. Uh, I mean, MFI what's certified. MFI? Made for iPhone. That's the certification process. Uh, oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. It says... Uh, is, there, uh, is that a review iPhone. saying it's MFI certified, though? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is like a list of made for idiots one. Why don't they say it in the product? Mm. But I looked anyway. at the... Am- I was going to buy some of the Amazon Basics ones that are certified, but then, like... The, like, the most recent reviews were all about how they changed the connector tip, and it's like they're cracking and stuff uh, yeah, I, frequently I, now. I don't know. I, I, I bought like a three foot one and a six foot Amazon Basics one a few months ago, and one of them has that new connector tip. I can't remember which one is which. Yeah, it hasn't broken yet, but it is. You can tell the difference. It's pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's like the plastic sheathing is too wide now because they switched gauge on the cable. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's my pick. That is the show. Thank you everybody for joining us. 
Uh, we'll be back next week. PCPro.com slash podcast is the URL you can find. The RSS, the downloads, the video files, the YouTube links, the show notes, all the, the links to all the stories we talked about on the show. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, we would love it. Patreon.com slash PCPro. And, of course, PCPro.com slash subscribe if you want to sign up for our notifications list for our live streams. Thank you, everybody, for, for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. And I feel depressed just being around Josh. <laughs>